Sure, gang, eh? welcome back to yet another episode of After School is After School with your girl, Sis G.U. been a while since I recorded or released a podcast episode. So first and foremost, I hope that you guys are good, you know, that you are excited about the new year. We're actually going to speak about the new year and just what the hell I've been feeling. But before even getting into that, I experienced one of the craziest things yesterday. My YouTube was hacked. And normally when I think about people hacking things, I think like, your social media. I don't really think YouTube and it definitely happened to me yesterday and I could not believe my eyes. For those of you that don't know, I have a YouTube channel by the name of Uncomfortable Growth. So yeah, these niggas hacked my shit. They then live stream for like four and a half hours. I then lost subscribers because they changed the name of my channel. So I feel like my subscribers got a notification of a channel that they don't know that they've subscribed to and obviously they were like wait what when did i subscribe to this crypto shit and then i'm unsubscribed so you know if you are just trying to make a black girl's day go subscribe to uncomfortable growth right now because i lost some subscribers but i'm happy that none of my content was tampered with but i actually was just in disbelief but i actually think i handled it well i only really started to break down towards the end of it because that's when i was like she like, I don't know how I'm a post. I have no access. I just could not do anything. But you know what? Glory to God. I got my account back. We're better than ever. That is what's up. I don't know what I'm going to title this episode, but like, yeah, I think I'm just going to speak about being in the thick of my 20s. I am 24. I am the young age of 24. Okay. I'm turning 25 this year. And man, 25 just seems... It seems so old. Okay, you know what? Not old, but it seems like the age where you should have your shit together. And I had thought that by 25, there are certain things that I would have accomplished that I still have not. Some of these things being that I definitely live in my parents' house. I thought I would have moved out by now. And obviously with getting older, I've realized that sis, life is hard. <laughs> and in order to do things like move out and buy a car and just these very big financial uh, milestones, you know, they, ju they just don't come as easy as what I thought they had. I'd spoken about this on my YouTube channel before, but my perception of reality was so warped. I just used to think that things happen, you know, like you reach a certain age, life gets easier, things just naturally fall into place. And that's that on that. I thought at 25, I would be in a committed relationship quarter to marriage. You know what I'm saying? Like I was gonna be engaged now, now, and then have my wedding, let's say in a year or two and have my first kid before 30. And right now, what I'm thinking is that if I'm married before 30, amen. Hallelujah. That's God's work. <laughs> so my entire timeline has been pushed back. And 
I think it's it's really interesting having to experience your 20s and let go of the perceptions that you had towards what your 20s would be and just welcoming where you currently are at and what it is that you're going through and welcoming your journey. And that has been so hard because when you have some sort of perceived idea of where it is that you should be by a certain age, you are unable to thoroughly enjoy where you are at and thoroughly enjoy the journey. And I think there was a portion in my life where I was no longer enjoying the journey because I wasn't where I thought I had needed to be. Not knowing that where I was was exactly where I needed to be. I've learned that in the journey and in the wait, you learn invaluable lessons, like lessons that really mold you and grow you as a person. And had I moved faster through life or had my journey just been a little bit quicker to certain points, I really think that I would have missed certain blessings and lessons. I've been giving a lot of thought to what I want to accomplish this year, what it is that I have accomplished, and just making peace with where I am. And towards the end of last year, when I was thinking about 2021, I got so emotional because what the hell was that? Like, what a good year, but also what a traumatic year for me. They, like, the highs were high, but the lows were also hella low. I accomplished things, but in the same breath, I feel like I didn't accomplish enough. And when I caught myself going down that trail of thought, I just thought about the things that I really struggled with and what I've been struggling with in my 20s. And one of the biggest things that have been plaguing me for the past two years is the spirit of comparison. So cool. Maybe I'm like starting to make peace with the fact that, yo, I ain't going to be no 25 year old that has a big fat rock on her finger, driving my dream car in my dream apartment with my dream partner, you know, in my dream city. I'm making peace with that. But it's also very hard when there's some people who are doing the things that you wanted to do, or rather who are accomplishing the things that you wanted to accomplish by this age. So I don't know what it is or what was in the end 2021, but my friends grew the fuck up and they just did some boss ass shit, boss ass moves because they boss ass bitches. There was a point in the year where I started to feel like I wasn't doing enough. And I knew I felt like that because I was comparing myself to those around me. Not only my friends, just my peers, you know, just anyone who was within my age group, really. And the spirit of comparison, guys, is a killer. Like nothing kills joy more than comparison because it makes you blind to what it is that you have accomplished and your own journey and your own growth. So I actively have to work against the spirit of comparison, which is a little bit embarrassing to say because I really wish I was someone who just didn't compare myself to those around me. And don't get me wrong, when my friends do well, it motivates me. Like it really, really does. But then my friends were like moving out, moving out, apartment after apartment. And I was like, ooh, we watching all these snaps in my bed in my parents' room, you know? And I think naturally you start to think like, shit, if people are able to make this happen, people around you, your friends, your peers are able to like make these things happen, why is it that it isn't happening for me? Why is it that I can't achieve that? And I just came to terms with the fact that I'm not at that point in my journey yet. Maybe I haven't been able to do so because I'm still learning certain things. I strongly believe that God only for lack of a better word or better way to say it, God only like takes me to the next level when I am fully aware of the blessings that he has currently given me. And I believe that it, for, if there are certain things that I've asked for, I have to show initiative and I have to show responsibility. So I can't want to cry to move out to a new apartment 
when I'm struggling to manage my room, which is what I'm, I mean, I was struggling to manage my room child at some point. So for me, it's like, I need to show that I can handle what it is that I have already been given in order to be given more in order to be taken to the next level. And when I feel like I'm comparing myself to the people around me, I'm really good at picking it up. Shame, I will give myself that. So I will immediately detach. I need to not see what is happening around me in order for me to celebrate myself. Sometimes I can get so consumed in what is happening around me and what everyone is doing. And naturally, as a friend, you want to be there for your friends and support them. But I sometimes get to a point where I'm like, I have to take a step back and I have to introspect and reflect and spend time with myself and like myself again and learn to like where I'm at and learn to appreciate what it is that I've gone through and appreciate what it is that I have accomplished. Because although I, I'm not like moving out, I have accomplished so much and that deserves to be celebrated. So I quite literally have to cut out the distractions and the noise in order to just recenter myself and refocus on the things that are truly important, which is my growth and the rate at which I am going through this life thing at is a good rate. Okay. I'm moving at the rate at which God wants for me to move at. So yeah, and I'm using the apartment example because I know it is something that like really did get me down towards the end of last year. But the spirit of comparison can come and knock you in any aspect of your life. You know, like you can compare yourself to someone who is on a weight loss journey and who is able to lose the weight and you feel like you can't. You can compare yourself to someone whose career seems to be like booming and doing really well and you may feel a little bit stagnant. You can compare yourself to someone who is in a healthy what seems to be a healthy relationship, child, because let's never forget that we don't know what's happening in other people's relationships and what they choose to show us is all that, what they choose to show us is very deliberate and it's all that we know. We don't know the ins and out of a relationship. So you can see someone or you can have a friend who's been in a long-term relationship who seems happy or who you know is happy, you know, because you have a relationship with them and they've told you and you can compare yourself to that. Like, yo, why is it that I... I'm struggling to find love and be in a relationship. So yeah, when I think about being in the thick of my 20s, I really think about the spirit of comparison because it's just so easy to want to live up to what other people are doing. And it's so easy to want to lose track of your own progress and what it is that you have done for yourself. The milestones that I have made are huge for me. As a person, I know my demons. I know what it is that I deal with. I know what it takes to be me every day. So being able to achieve certain goals and achieve the things that I have achieved should be good enough. And it is good enough. And I'm constantly reminding myself that own pace, own race, bitch, okay? You're gonna get to where you need to be. And that's that on that. A very big part of being in the thick of your 20s for me, is also having to learn how to navigate relationships. Like I said, I fully thought I'd be engaged at this age. Like, yeah, engaged, married at 27, like 28. No, I lie. I even feel like married at 26 is what I thought. And then boom, at 27, 28, have my first child. And obviously now I don't even want that for myself. I know kids are a blessing. And when, you know, it's God's time to, to bless me with that, amen, hallelujah. But I know that right now is not the time. But I have always believed that when you date someone, you should date with the intention of getting married, which I think is like somewhat correct. But I implemented that at a very early age. And I think it put a lot of pressure on me in my romantic relationships because I like immediately 
wanted for them to work. And even when my relationships weren't working, I was holding on to them because I was like, bro, we dating to get married. Okay. That is the objective. That is the goal. That is what I am working towards. And I don't know, as much as you can date with intention, I also feel like in your twenties, you can date to just discover what it is you like and who you are in a relationship. That's why I strongly believe in casual dating. Casual dating has allowed for me to really explore who I am in relationships, explore what it is I like, the different flavors, figure out Or rather, it's been easier to spot the things that I don't like, the red flags, like the things that I will not stand for, the things that I will not tolerate. And it's also made it very clear to me what it is that I want and need in a partner. But last year, I felt like God had called me to be single. I said this to my friends when I finished my fast last year, the beginning of the year. I was like, I feel like God wants for me to be single throughout the year. And that is when I became celibate. Cause I was like, you know what? I'm single. I don't want to pop no pussy for no nigga that don't deserve it anyway. You know, my man. So, you know, I'm going to be single. And I did really well until the end of the year. <sighs> okay. And then I broke that. And even in me breaking that, I realized that I didn't need to do that because I mean, that situation didn't work. So God really did call for me to be single, but even in God calling for you to be single, sometimes that's such a hard space to navigate. Like I want companionship. I like the idea of love. You know, I want to be loved on. I would like to have a life partner, but I realized I was called to be single because I low-key feel like God was just telling me that my partner or my match just, I wasn't going to find them in the year of 2021. And he was right. And when I tried to kind of force things and like not be obedient and try like a small, small, talking stage that was a little bit serious you know and I mean I think we were speaking with the intent to date it just it didn't work and in it not working it really did knock my confidence because I felt like yo I'm such a holistic babes in that I have healed from my past traumas I really know what it is that I'm about I know what it is I need I know the love that I want to experience and to be so confident and so sure of yourself and still not have a relationship work can really affect you. But obviously you can be in a good place and you can know what it is you need, but a relationship is a team effort. If the person you are with is not meeting you on the same level with the same energy, with the same intentions, it's not going to work, you know? Or even if both of you have those intentions, maybe you guys just don't gel well and this is just not your person. That was me last year. I'm glad I tried. I'm trying to not beat myself up for trying. Like, I'm glad that I tried. It was nice to experience someone again. But it just reminded me why I'm okay being single. I'm okay being single because I know what it is that I want out of a partner and what it is I want out of a relationship. I expect a lot of myself and therefore I expect a lot of the people in my life. And I know I would expect a lot out of a partner. And maybe I just won't be able to find that for a while. You can do a lot of work, you know, a lot of groundwork, a lot of introspection and so forth. And maybe the people around you aren't doing the same. And I think that just makes you more aware of where you are in life and how you view life and the things you want out of life. And sometimes you might just struggle to find someone who thinks the same or who wants the same, you know, like people go through life at different stages. They experience things at different times. They grow at different rates. I think I'm just, I've just made peace with the fact that like, I think I'm gonna be single for a bit and I'm okay with that because I know exactly what it is that I want. But like I said, in my celibacy last year, and my singlehood, I did so well at the beginning of the year. I feel like I really learned 
how to experience my celibacy. Or rather, I feel like I really learned how to casually date while celibate. I was hell bent on that. I got to the point where I could go to a nigga's house or chill with a nigga in a private environment and know very well that we weren't going to do anything beyond kissing because that's not what I wanted to do. I don't know where I got the strength and the courage to be so hell-bent on my boundaries from, but it was just a beautiful time for me because I was experiencing people and experiencing, you know, dating and all of that, but in a manner that I was okay with and in a setting that I was very comfortable with. And I was, like I said, I was hell-bent. Like, even if we were chilling two men, it could be the most romantic setting, bro. You could light the candles. You could take out my favorite wine. We could smoke a J. We can watch a movie. I did not care. Like, I was not popping no pussy, and that was that on that. That was that on that. <laughs> and to be honest, I'm not sure where I stand with celibacy right now. I do think I might try again this year. <clears throat> Don't hold me to anything. But I do want to get back to the point where I'm confident in the decisions that I made. Yes, that's what it was. At the beginning of the year, I was so sure of why it is I had decided to be celibate that I was just confident in the decision that I had made and no one was going to try to pursue me persuade me to do anything else that I was not comfortable with or that I didn't want to do. So yeah, obviously, you know, that changed towards the end of the year, but I think it changed within reason. Did it change within reason? I actually don't know if it changed within reason. It changed, okay? And I tried and it didn't work out and now I'm here and that's okay because failed relationships or failed talking stages are nothing to be ashamed of. Giving a shot at love is nothing to be ashamed of. I am the tender age of 24. I am so young. I have so much to experience. I also have to let go of this thing of like, this talking stage is it. This is my man. This is my ride or die. This is my nigga. This is my partner. Because sometimes it just isn't that. And that's okay. And that's what I've learned with being in my 20s. You really do experience people for a certain time in your life and that's okay. Some people are there forever. Some people are there for a season. Some people are there to teach you a lesson. Some people appeal to the person that you are at that time in your life and because we're constantly changing and evolving I cannot make myself feel bad for the decisions that I made a few years ago I was a completely different person I cannot make myself feel bad for the people I gave access to because maybe at that time it's what I thought I needed and maybe they appeal to who Gugu was at that time and they just don't appeal to who I am now. I do think though in me being celibate last year and the reason I maybe broke my celibacy is because you get tired of waiting. So maybe in the beginning of the year I had all the strength in the world and I was super motivated and I was like, no nigga deserves me. No nigga finna touch me. <laughs> As the year went on, you know, winter came, child. It got a bit cold, you know what I'm saying? My friends, you know, they dating and stuff. They doing cute stuff and maybe I had wanted to do that myself not even maybe I know that's why I wanted to do it and I think I had let some of my boundaries slip and in letting them slip obviously I kind of ended up in like this talking stage that was a bit serious that could have resulted in dating but didn't but I am so aware that I was allowing for certain things to be done in that talking stage that I would have never allowed in the beginning of the year. And I think it's because I grew impatient of waiting and I just wanted to be loved on. And that's okay. That's also okay. You make mistakes. I'm not perfect. It is what it is. But also that talking stage made me realize that my inner cool girl is not dead. And I got to kill her. I got to kill her. When you're single, you do all of this introspection. You do all of this work and all of this good stuff, but you do it not having put any of those things that you're working on to practice. And when you're in a talking stage or seeing someone, it's a completely different ball game. You are now having to put what you have worked on to practice. 
And it's hard. And I realized that, like, yo, I speak all this shit. Okay, I don't speak shit. I speak facts. <laughs> but I say all these things, and then I was in a situation, and I kind of, like, let certain things slide. And my inner cool girl came out. I wanted to be super understanding. Let me say something real quick, real motherfucking fast. Take this advice for free, okay? Kill the understanding girl inside of you. There is no need for you to be understanding, especially when you are just speaking to someone. It is actually about putting your best foot forward. It's about impressing me. You know, you should be toiling, all right? <laughs> you should be toiling for me. Honestly, just trying to blow my socks off. If you're having to be understanding towards certain things in the beginning of a talking stage, I just don't necessarily think it's going to get better for you. You must make peace that what you find, guys, is really what is going to be throughout the relationship. So don't think that when we start dating, it will get better. The, the more chances I give this person, they'll eventually wake up. Like if someone is not meeting your standards in the beginning of the relationship in a talking stage, let that shit go. And my cool girl wanted to be like, no, it's okay. Give it time, be understanding. But it's like, how can I be understanding towards something I haven't seen? That's also what I don't like. Sometimes men, I'm going to speak directly to my, I mean, my experiences and that experience was with a man. Men will do this thing of like, yo, I'm going to do this for you. And I promise I'm going to do this. I'm going to be this partner, make all the promises in the world. But then you realize that you haven't seen any of what it is that they're promising you. And that's because they aren't that. And that's because they can't do that. So what makes you think that they're going to be able to do it in a few months time? Literally take what you get. You know, if someone ap approaches you and moves correctly and meets your standards and can do the things that you like, then cool, away. But like, if you're going to meet someone who's kind of like, yo, I can't do these things for A, B, C, D. I mean, I guess wanting to be understanding, but maybe there should be like, I don't know what to call it, like a, a strike list. Like you can be understanding once, right? And then want to see an improvement. But if you don't see an improvement after that, kill the understanding babes. There's nothing that you must understand. How can you, know, how can you understand something you have not seen? How can you wait on things that you have not seen of this person? So that is something I definitely learned last year in terms of dating and just being in my 20s. And also I dabble between like, I'm very happy single. I'm so content. I also do single so well. I'm so self-sufficient. I'm independent. I often say that no one knows how to comfort me better than myself. And I do think that's true to some extent. But at the same time, there's also another part of me that really wants to experience love again and a really healthy relationship. And I'm starting to see the importance of a partner in my life, rather, the importance of maybe having a, a partner, someone to go through life with, someone to support me, someone to just be there. You know, like life is really hard and it sucks having to come and deal with your problems one man without like some cuddles and shit. Like what the hell is that about, please? Mm -mm. But that experience at the end of the year, I needed it. And I feel like I'm now in a stage or a phase where I'm shifting into gear. At the end of every year, I go through like some sort of shedding. I don't know what it is, but I shed what it is that I had gone through in that year. I shed the girl that I once was and I make room for who it is that I want to become. And December was that period for me. I was shedding all my past mistakes. I was shedding the things that I didn't like about myself. I was just letting go of 2021 in its entirety and letting go of the person that I was in that year and shifting into gear for the woman that I wanted to become this year. And it's very clear to me what it is that I need to do. If you guys think that you've seen SysGU, Google it, Google it, do anything, you've seen nothing. You've seen absolutely nothing. The things that I plan to do this year and the woman that I know I am in the process of becoming, good luck to all of you.
Good luck to everybody because I've been preparing for her. I've been making space for her and I'm actively wanting to work towards her. I also realized that I have an idea of the life that I'd like to live with my partner and I've dedicated this year to creating that life for myself. Before I can add anyone into that equation, I need to make sure that I'm doing that for myself. Like, I want to wake up with my partner in the morning. I want us to pray. I want to go to the gym. I want to come back, have breakfast, maybe meditate, watch a sermon, and then go about my day. How can I want these things with a partner when I myself am not doing them in my own capacity? Let that shit sink in. That's what I thought. So I'm building the life that I want with my partner, but as well as for myself. Like, let me enjoy the life I want for myself by myself first and then add a partner onto it. Because I do think when you have a partner, you do compromise on certain things. Obviously, never compromise too much. Dwee, duh. But you are wanting to become accommodating to them and you don't necessarily have your space in the manner in which you had it before. So I'm wanting to experience Google as this new babes, okay? I'm wanting to build the life that I want. I'm, I'm building the rest of my life right now. That is what 2022 is for me. I am actively becoming the woman that I want. I am actively building the life that I want for myself first. And then I'll make space for my partner to join me in that. And also I feel like the more I elevate myself, the more expectant I am of a partner. If I'm able to build my life and become who it is that I want and have this routine and be in a really good, healthy, balanced place, then you have to meet me with the same energy. I'm also so sensitive to people's energy. So if I'm going to do all this work and then you're going to come and try to bring me down, you're going to have to go. You're going to have to go. Like, guys, leave small boys, hey? Leave small boys. There's nothing for you there. There is absolutely nothing. Leave the understanding, babes, especially when you're working so hard to become the woman that you want. If you're not with someone who is helping you get there, it just, it don't make no sense. But in all of that, another very big emotion that I felt throughout 2021 was frustration. I was frustrated with myself, frustrated with the universe, frustrated with God, frustrated with my career. I feel like when I look at my career, 2020 was a very monumental year for me and my growth was exceptional. And then I kind of feel like I plateaued in 2021, which probably isn't the truth, you know, because I mean, girl, my subscribers grew. I started this podcast and there's just a lot that I did for myself, but I just remember feeling so frustrated and so stagnant. And I think my frustration was based in the fact that I was comparing myself to other people because I actually just wasn't celebrating what it is that I had accomplished for myself by myself. And that's something I don't want to feel in 2022. Obviously, I mean, for sure, I don't have control over my emotions, you know, but I actively want to be grateful and be present in all that it is that I'm doing. I also, via my mental health, I can sometimes not be present. I will check out of life and I think that helps me cope. When I'm present and so and hyper aware of all that is happening around me, I don't know what it is, but like it just it overwhelms me and being present requires a lot of energy. Whereas if you're passive and just letting life happen to you, it kind of makes things easier. But I don't want that to be the case anymore, because even when I'm not present, although I feel like I'm not helping my mental health in the slightest, because if anything, I'm prolonging getting better and maybe directly targeting the problem things happen and that's that. But this year, I really want to force myself to be present and obviously take care of myself and allow for myself to be present in a manner that works for me, which I think means for me being present, but also allowing myself to take breaks, not forcing myself to be like super present on social media or consume all of this content and information all the time. And when I think about my mental health in 2021, it was really a tough year. Like depression 
really came for me. And I suffer from anxiety more than I do depression. But 2021 showed me that like <laughs> depression, that girl is still knocking at the door. Okay. And she is still a part of your life. And I think at some point I was in denial of the fact that my mental health was in the pits. And again, in being in denial, I wasn't helping myself grow. You have to be accountable, which is so whack, so whack. But if you can't be accountable to yourself, you really are doing a dishonor and a disservice to yourself because you're going to stay in that space. You have to be able to be honest with yourself. You have to be able to swallow the hard truth if you're wanting to get better and honestly just go to the next level in life. So for 2022, I'm stepping into myself, like I said, I'm becoming the woman that I want to be, that I know I can be. I even feel like now there are goals that I have and dreams that feel so big, but like maybe right now they feel big, but I know the woman that I'm becoming will be able to handle that and I'm actively going to work towards that. Also, something that I feel like people don't necessarily talk about too much or prepare you for is that... There are all these conversations about romantic relationships and how hard they are. But we don't really talk about how hard maintaining relationships are in general. And I'm speaking to friendships and family. The older you get, the busier you get. I don't see my friends every day or as often anymore because I don't see them at school or on campus. And we all just don't have the same amount of free time that we used to. So having to maintain friendships, it made me realize that I really love my friends and I really do plan to have my friends in my life for the rest of my life because I'm willing to put the effort in. And the people that I was not willing to put the effort in, it made me aware that like, mm, Clearly, I don't necessarily see, I don't deem this friendship like worth the effort. And sometimes that's okay. Sometimes you and a friend can connect on a level that you are no longer at. You guys can bond over things that you no longer have interest in. And that obviously doesn't mean beef. You can grow apart because you're different people and have different interests. And that's completely okay. But navigating that is really hard. And navigating relationships with your family is really hard, especially the older you get. Like, your parents will always view you as their child because you are their child, no matter what age you are. But the transition of being, like, their teenage child to being an adult who can make their own decisions, who has her own opinion, has her own voice, and trying to articulate that to them without crossing the boundary of being disrespectful. One day we're going to have a conversation about black parents and how having an opinion that does not, how having an opinion that is not in line with theirs is deemed as disrespectful when that shouldn't be the case at all. Disrespect is when you shout at your parent, when you're cussing at your parent, when you're being rude. Disrespect is not when you have an opposing view. Disrespect is not when you are speaking up for yourself. I believe that you can do these things healthily. You can do these things respectfully. And I, I don't know what it is, especially about black parents, but they feel so challenged when you find your voice and, and voice your opinion and want to live your life. Like, they, it's almost like they start to short circuit and they're confused at the lack of control they have over you and over your life. So that is also something I really struggled with. Like the older I get, obviously the more independent I am and the more I just do things for myself. And sometimes I take my parents by shock. And they're like, oh, snap, you're really doing this. And I'm like, yes, I am. Yes, I am. With being in the thick of my 20s, I've learned the importance of backing yourself. Oaks, you have to believe in yourself. When I say this, you normally think like, oh, I have to believe in myself so that my haters won't get me down. No, you have to believe in yourself because there can be people in your life 
who don't necessarily see the vision that you have for yourself, who don't necessarily understand why it is you want to go down a certain path or whatever. Like for me, that was me and my parents. I was at UCT and I took a leave of absence and that wasn't part of the plan. You know, they thought that their daughter is going to get a degree and she's going to get a job in corporate And I realized that's not what I wanted to do, that I wanted to be in the entertainment industry. I did not know how, I did not, I didn't know anything, but I know that's what I wanted to do. So when I took my leave of absence, I started my YouTube channel and that was a shock to my parents. And obviously via the generational gap, they're like, YouTube, you want to be a YouTuber? Like, what's that about? Can you make a living off of that? And there was some sort of hesitance that I was met with and like a lack of support, to be quite honest. But I believed in myself and I believed in what it is that I wanted to do and create and the platform that I wanted to grow. And that was hard. You can also have friends who are like, oh, are you really sure that this is the route you want to take? Like you have to be so sure of yourself and sure of what it is that you want for yourself because no one is going to believe in you as much as you believe in yourself. And when you believe in yourself, you force everyone else around you to believe in you. Like I didn't give my parents a choice. Like I was like, I'm going to do this and you're going to see that I can do it and you're going to see that I'm going to do well. And when I did, that's when they were like, oh snap, you're onto something. One day we're also going to unpack the fact that black parents don't support your initial goal or dream until they see you doing well which i think is very damaging because without the support of parents it can really progress one's growth or really just affect someone mentally and can almost discourage you towards working towards your goals but i mean that's a conversation for another day but yeah that's all that i've really been feeling like the financial responsibility like i gotta pay for my own contracts what the hell i gotta pay for my whole life start to finish Like, that's what's expected of me. But also in growing up, I've also grown to be so much more appreciative of my parents. I think when you grow up and you experience life, you see just how hard it was for them to accomplish the things that they have. You see just how hard it is that they had to work to accomplish the things that they did and to give you the life that they have. So... I'm super appreciative and I'm in awe of my parents, you know, and I even feel like at my age at 24, my parents were already in a serious relationship, which is like, whoa, crazy. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) crazy. Love that for them. You know, I think they were like quarter to marriage or talking about marriage. And it's like, I'm not talking about marriage. I'm talking about sumo. I'm not talking about marriage. I'm talking about a club. I'm not talking about marriage. I'm talking about a wine lens. Okay. I'm not talking about marriage. I'm talking about trips, baby. Drip me out in that Gucci in that Fendi, in that Dior, in that Versace, in that, you know, I'm a material girl right now and I've never allowed myself to be a material girl also. Ooh, let's talk about that. In my cool girlness, I think I had allowed the perceptions of men to affect me. Growing up, like, I wanted to be the easy girl, like the girl who would not cause a man any hassle, a girl who wasn't materialistic, a girl who wasn't too opinionated. I was smart enough to hold a conversation, but I would never be smarter than you. I would never oppose what it is that you're saying, you know, because I didn't want to be difficult. And I think I had assumed this role and just wanted to be this this cool girl, this girl that was just any man's dream, which is a big fat lie because that's not going to get you anyway, okay? And yes, there are some good men before people like to say, or men, whatever, whatever, okay? But men are men are men. And if you're living your life to make yourself like palatable to men, you firstly will never be happy. And 
you're not even guaranteed that men are going to look at you or take into you like that. Or even if they do, you're not guaranteed that that nigga is going to be faithful and that he's going to be good to you. More than anything, you'll probably be the easy babes and the understanding babes. So he's going to want to put you through the mud, sis. The mud. And as much as I don't necessarily like place all my value in materialistic things, I do think there's more to life than the materialistic things. But I think the two can exist you know, like I can value other things and I can value LV. I can value other things and I can value an international trip. Take me to Dubai. What is up? Let me shake my ass on a yacht. You can want these things for yourself. You don't have to explain why you want them. And if someone, if a man is talking to you about like, yo, why is it that you want that? Be like, no, you clearly can't afford to do those things. That has nothing to do with me. And I don't have to explain myself to you because anyone who could meet me where I deserve to be met and where I want to be met would meet me there. They wouldn't question it. They wouldn't ha 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 ha. They would just do. So I don't know. I feel like the biggest thing I'm trying to get for the ladies especially in this episode, is that where you are is where you need to be. And you should hold yourself to that standard. And anyone who comes into your life, any romantic partner who is trying to pursue you, woo you, I don't give a fuck anything, should meet you where you are, okay? No relationship should bring you back or drag you down. It's either we're elevating or there's nothing. There's nothing to it. I'm actually looking hella forward to this year. I'm excited to see... I don't know which kind of guru I'm going to be this year, what this year is going to bring out of me, what it is that I'm going to achieve. I'm excited to just unlock my bad bitch. I'm excited to look good, to feel good, to do what I want, when I want, with who I want. Okay, I'm excited to have fun and have fun unapologetically. I also feel like people don't like to see women having fun. As soon as we are, there's so many conversations like, ooh, does a woman act like that? Ooh, but a wife doesn't do this. Ooh, what do your parents think? Okay, shut the fuck up. That has nothing to do with you. What I'm going to do is live my life and have a good time, okay? I said this to my friends. As I said, I'm turning 25 this year on the 21st of September. This is my last year to cause havoc. I mean, you guys, you heard it here first, okay? I am causing havoc the whole damn year. I'm going to make sure I have a good time. I'm not going to limit myself. I'm going to enjoy being single. I'm going to experiment. I'm going to flourish, okay? Because God is on my side and that is all I know. In Jesus' name, amen. I think I'm going to leave this episode here. I feel like this is maybe more of a venting session more than anything. And I know I spoke to relationships quite a bit, but it really, like the relationships that I experienced in 2021 really did teach me a lot. And I hope that I've said something here that you guys can take from. But yeah, to being the baddest bitches in 2022 and having fun, because I know it is right. Okay, bye guys. Bye.